Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Living in an area of the country where we get to experience different seasons, amen? And uh, now, I'm not going to lie to you, I would kind of like to maybe just live in Florida, where it was a nice sunny time all the time, but Josh would tell you that's probably overrated because the humidity is crazy in uh, Florida. But I like, the, I like the seasons. And also, I like going through new seasons spiritually. And that's what I want to talk to you now about. Because I really believe that we are in a time where we are experiencing a new season. A new season. And here's the thing. How you exit one season determines the success of your next season. Hear that. Because you can't have strong acquisitions, acquisitions in the next season if you don't transition strong from your previous season. That's very, very important. How you transition. And one person that understood this transition process very well was David. Here's the thing about David. David knew who he was. David knew what God called him to do. I believe I'm looking at some people tonight that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. You know what God has called you to do. And so, I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel 22. New King James Version, verse 20. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. David, when you look over his life and you read the Bible about David, David faced a lot of failures. David went through a lot of failures. Experienced them. But here's the thing that you need to understand when it comes to success and failure. Write this down if you're taking notes. Success, I've said this before, but I want to say it again here. Success is not final and failure is not fatal. Write that down. Success is not final and failure is not fatal. Because here's what we do. We stand on God's Word. No matter what the circumstance looks like in your life, you must stand on God's Word. One thing about David is he hung his hat on the promises of God. David said, he brought me out into a safe place. Can you thank God that he brought you out? See, there's a, at this point in time right here, there's a bounty on David's head. David's on the run. But as he looks back over his life, he said, God has brought me out. To a safe place. And church, what I want you to do tonight is real quickly, just look back over your life and count the times He brought you out of the storm. He brought you through the circumstance. And tonight, my time up here is not going to be long, but I want to give you three ways that God showed David how to finish strong. Look at your neighbor and help me preach, say, finish strong. That's important. Finish strong. It's important. The first thing I want you to see right down here is 
David, he filled a horn with oil. Prophets would take a horn and they would fill it with oil and then they'd pour it over the newly appointed king's head. So we got a prophet named Samuel and a king named Saul during Saul's reign here, okay? He became irrational. He became crazy. He goes off the deep end. He starts going against God's, what God set him up to do. What God showed him to do, he just goes against everything that God showed him to do. Finally, God says, I'm done with you. Saul, I'm done with you. I'll find a better king. How many know when you don't do what God shows you to do, God will find somebody that will do it. He'll find somebody that will do it. He said, I'll find a better king. But here's the thing. Saul was the king the Israelites wanted. That's who they wanted. How many know a lot of times when you get the thing that you thought you wanted, you find out you didn't really want what you got now that you got it. And this is what happens to Israel. They wanted a king. Saul looks kingly. Saul looks qualified. But here's the difference. His heart was hardened. The Bible says out of your heart springs the issues of life. His heart was hardened. God tells Samuel, I'm done with, I'm done with Saul. I'm going to go with another king. Now watch this. This is important. Don't miss this. Samuel gets upset about it. Have you ever been upset with God because you didn't get what you thought you wanted? Samuel's upset because he invested. Hear this. He invested in Saul. He prayed for Saul. He's got an investment here. You may have prayed. You may have invested in someone recently. And now God says, I'm going in a new direction. And I get it, church. It's hard to walk away from something you've invested in. It's hard to walk away. But the Bible says, he never, hear this, he never went to see Saul again. And this is where a lot of us are at concerning past seasons. We keep rehearsing past seasons. Things that happened to me 20 years ago, five years ago, five minutes ago, and we keep rehearsing it over and over how do you walk away from it? How do you release what you've invested in? I'm going to show you right here. Here's what God shows Samuel. Look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Here it is. Fill your home with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now God picks David. Everything Samuel hoped for failed. Samuel's in mourning. God says, how long are you going to mourn over that? Because you see, I rejected it. So how long are you going to mourn over something that I rejected? And God is asking some of us that tonight. How long are you going to stay in a season that's over? How long are you going to relive the pain of something that has passed? How long are you going 
to compromise your destiny because you can't get past your history. That'll preach right there. How long are you going to let what brought you down in the past keep bringing you down? I'm telling you, this sermon is a mandate from God for some, some of you here tonight. You need to get this. Here's the problem. A lot of times, when you read this story, and you hear messages like this preached on this, on this title, or this passage, what happens is we stay stuck on Saul and never get to our David. Maybe things aren't going the way you planned. But you don't lose sight of everything that God has prepared for you because of that. Maybe you thought by now, I'd make it big financially. But instead, maybe you've gone bankrupt. How long will you stay stuck? How long will you allow what could have been to rob you of what could be? God says, lift your horn to me. I'll give you fresh oil. That's a guarantee from God, church. And here's the thing about oil. Oil represents two things in Scripture. It represents anointing and it represents joy. Write that down. That's what oil represents in the Scripture. Anointing and joy. God says to Samuel, I know you've lost some things this past season. I know things didn't turn out the way you planned. Some deals may have gone bad. Business isn't what it used to be, but how long would you live in what could have been? This is a new day. This is a new season. And, and, and like I say, I want you to write this stuff down because I want you to get it. Write this down. If you stay stuck in what was, you're going to miss what is, and you'll never see what could be. And I'm not trying to make a rhyme out of this stuff. It just happens this way. Don't stay stuck in what was. Because you're going to miss what's happening right now. And you're never going to see what it could be. You've got to move on. Lift your horn and trust God. Because why? God wants to bring you to a new place. A new season. If there's ever been a Saul that has failed you, there's a David waiting to pick you back up. Lift your horn, walk away from the saws. Everybody say that. Lift my horn, walk away from my saws. You've got to do that. You've got to get that in your, in your spirit. I remember years ago, and I think I've told you this before, but years ago I spoke at a church where the pastor and his wife had lost their 18-month-old son to what they call a dry drowning. And if you don't know what that is, it's the baby gets a little bit of water and just goes to sleep and passes. 18-month-old son. They were devastated. And I'm just listening to him tell me the story. It's Pastor Mark Haney in uh, Leedy, Oklahoma. Super good friend of mine. I said, what did you do, Pastor? I said, how did... How do you cope with something like that? Because let me tell you something, folks. When something like that happens, I don't care how spiritual giant you are, you ask God, why? Why? 
There are some, some things that will take place in your life where you will ask God, why? Why? And I can honestly tell you, I have no answer to that. I don't. Sometimes it's okay to ask God, why? He said, I, I pulled my family, all my family that was there in the room. I looked them in the eye, and I said, I want every one of you to hear me. Not one person here will blame God. Not one person here will question God in front of me and my wife. I said, how? I said, how do you do it? He said, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. He said this, that really got me. He said, but I knew, because I knew eventually, Craig, we were going to have to move on. That's the key. Eventually, you're going to have to move. I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't want to say I don't care. I do care. It doesn't matter how devastating it is. You're going to have to move on. And I just thought to myself, how do you move on from something like that? Here's what God showed me when I asked him that question. And I, want to, I wrote this down. I want to give it to you. Moving on doesn't mean you stop feeling hurt. Hear that. Moving on doesn't mean you stop feeling hurt. It just means you come to the realization that you can't change it. That's all it is. Moving on doesn't mean you stop wishing it could have been different. It means you can't change the circumstance. We have to live, church, what's left to God. And say, yes, I'm empty. Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm disappointed. Yes, I blew it. Yes, they hurt me. But I still have your oil, God. I'm hurting, but I still have joy. I'm mourning, but I'm still moving on. Someone needs to hear that. And someone needs to hear this too. You don't have to stop mourning to start moving. You don't have to stop mourning to start moving. You have to say, Lord, fill me. Lord, use me. It's time for me to move on. Because you can't recalibrate, you can't rescript, but you can respond to what God is doing in this now moment by saying, God, bring me a David. Maybe you had a dream that died this past year. That doesn't mean your hope has to die. I've had a lot of things that I thought about, dreamed about, that didn't come to pass. But it didn't cause me to lose my hope in God. It caused me to lose my faith in God. Okay, so maybe the relationship is over. Yes, it hurts. But guess what? There's a fresh anointing. See, there's, there's new people that God wants to bring into your life. Hear that. Get your head up and lift your horn up. And let me say this. Some seasons may never come back. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay. You may never get some seasons back, and that's okay. You may never be a size 8 again. 
Believe it or not, once upon a time, I had a 31-inch waist. A long time ago. I'm probably never going to have a 32-inch waist again, a 1-inch waist again. That's okay. You know what you do? You buy bigger pants and you move on. Amen? You buy bigger pants and you move on. Number two. Number two. He picked up a sword. Write that down. In this new season that you're going to be coming into, God may require you to draw your sword. We're going to talk about that right now. David was on the run. Saul's trying to kill him. Remember, church, when God has called you to do something, you're never in danger. You're bulletproof until God's work for you is through. That's what you've got to remember. In 1 Samuel 30, David returns to Ziglag. He finds the city burned to the ground, devastated. The wives and the daughters of all the 600 men that went with David were gone. Devastating. The Bible says they grieved and they mourned until they couldn't cry anymore. Here's the thing. In the midst of all this calamity, David found strength in the Lord. Look, look at, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to kind of skip around here. We're going to start with verse 7. We're going to go 7, 8, drop to 10, then 18 and 19. 1 Samuel 30, verse 7. David said to Abathar, the priest, Hamelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. Verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, this is God, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. What's he doing here? He's looking for permission from God. You know what he does as soon as God says pursue, recover, take it all? Here's what God says. Here's what he does. He draws his sword and takes off to the valley. Now skip down to verse 10. David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. 200 men quit on David. They said, it's too hard. We don't even know if they're still alive. It's just it's too devastating. 200 quit on him. We don't, know. we don't know where we're going. Put this down in your notes. There will be people that will quit on you. Family. Friends. People you thought you could count on. They'll quit on you. Look at verse 18 and 19 now. So David recovered all. And in the Greek, all means... All. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. That's a whole other sermon. We're not even going to go there. Verse 19, And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. I love that. Sometimes, hear this, sometimes God says to you, move on. Fill your horn. I got something new for you. Sometimes that's what God says. Other times God says, this one right here, you fight for. 
Take your sword and take back what I gave to you. This ain't just gold and silver. This is family. And I know ain't's not a proper word there, but it fits good to describe this. Remember this. You always pursue. You always pursue based on God's promise. Always. Because in God's promises, in God's word, there's a process. And a lot of times we want to get to that end result. But there's a process that we have to go through. I'm sure many, many of you probably heard me tell the story, but remember the story I told about Ricky Henderson that played for the Oakland A's. Ricky Henderson was a freak athlete. Amazing baseball player. Got his first check for a million dollars. A few weeks later, the office called and asked him, Ricky, uh, did you get that check? He said, yeah, I got it. They said, well, it hasn't cleared our books yet, and we're trying to balance out for the end of the month here. He said, oh, I framed it. Freak athlete, not the smartest or the sharpest tool in the box, but freak athlete. He said, I framed it. I put it on my wall. They had to explain to him, you're not a millionaire because you hung the check on your wall. You got to cash it. There's a process to activate the funds. You've got the Word before you. And you can say, I'm, my Redeemer lives, I've been delivered, but until you activate the Word and go through the process of what the Word says, you're not going to get the end result that you want. There is a process, church. There's a process some of us are going through to activate God's promises. And you've got to be ready to receive it, and you've got to be ready to walk in it. You can have God's Word. You can have the promises of God's Word. But until you pursue the promises, you won't experience the promises. You've got to pursue them to experience them. See, we're here tonight to get the check off the wall. Take it out of the frame, get the sword out of the sheath, and use it. See, in this season that you're in, fight back for stuff that's been stolen from you. Amen? Fight for your marriage. Fight for your family. Fight for your health. Fight for everything that God's promised you. You fight for it. When the enemy's stolen from you, that's one of your greatest opportunities to demonstrate God's restoring power when the enemy's stolen from you. How many here the enemy's ever stolen something from you? It's a great opportunity to demonstrate, to demonstrate God's restoring power. And you may say, well, Craig, why didn't God just keep the Amalekites from robbing David's base to begin with? That's a good question. Here's the answer. David could not have demonstrated the recovering, overpowering strength of God if that's the way it would have happened. When something leaves your life and you can't change it, you fill your horn with a new anointing, a new promise, and you move on. When the enemy has stolen, God wants you to, ha God wants you to have something important and the enemy has stolen, draw your sword. Pursue. And recover all. Not some of it. Get all of it. 
Napoleon Hill, the author of self-help books, said this, most people stop digging three feet from pay dirt. He said he interviewed 500 of the most successful people in America, and here's what they said. Their greatest victory came exactly one step beyond wanting to quit. Usually at the point of your greatest discouragement, God's plan is revealed to you. Remember this. New seasons will catapult you into your destiny. That's why I said, that's why I named this sermon, New Seasons. It'll catapult you into your destiny. And here's the thing. I'm not saying it won't get bloody sometimes. Because sometimes it will. But I am saying you can't lose when God has anointed you to fight the battle. That's what I'm saying. Here's the third thing. I'll be out of your way. And it wasn't David's proudest moment. <laughs> but we've all had moments that we're not proud of. Amen? I got three honest people in the house. In 2 Samuel, David saw Bathsheba bathing from the rooftop. We all know the story. David says, bring her to me. David sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. David has her husband killed to cover it up. Because her husband fought for David's army. Nathan, the prophet, comes to David and he tells him, because of your sin, the baby that Bathsheba is carrying is going to die. Now God's going to let you live, but there's consequences to what took place. The baby's not going to make it. But here's the thing. Remember, David's a fighter. And that's important in a new season. Because you're going to have to fight. And David reacts spiritually here. He begins a fast. Doesn't change his clothes for days. Don't recommend that. He lays before the Lord and asks God to spare the baby's life. But you know what? God doesn't. Hear this, church. Sometimes things, some things in life, some things that you're hoping for, you don't get back. What happened here? David's men are very concerned about his mental health and his mental state. They don't know how to tell him the baby's dead. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 19. Read six verses here. David saw that his servants were whispering. David perceived that the child was dead. He knew. Therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. David arose from the ground, watch this, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and he worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and he, when he requested, they set, and when he requested, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you rose and you ate food. And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Shall I go to him? But he shall not return to me. Solomon is born. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. 
So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him, and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jediah because of the Lord. When you have fallen short, when you do things that you wish you could take back or that you wish you could change, remember this, it's cost not only you, but others around you. So what do you do? Write it down. You finish strong and you move on. There comes a time, church, you change your clothes, you get into the presence of God, and you receive the robe of His righteousness. That's what you do. We can all relate to the message of David. I mean, we've all done some, some things that we wish we hadn't done. But here's this. What you've done in the past doesn't reflect who God is in your future. Woo! What you've done in the past doesn't reflect who God wants to be in your future. I wish I wouldn't hurt so many people. But I can't stay in these clothes forever, David said. I can't lay on the ground forever. I can't starve myself forever. I'm going to change my clothes. I'm going to put on this robe. I'm going to believe that the grace of God will cover what I did. And he cries out, Clothe me, Lord. He said, I'm exchanging these filthy rags for your robe because of what I've done. And whatever you've done is not greater than who God is in your life. It's time for us to move on. See, I believe this. This is your permission from God to move forward in Him. To move forward in Him. Some of you are beating yourself up over things that you can't change. And God is saying, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I know that this has kind of been a heavy word. But Lord, I believe it's been directed for those that you have designed to be here tonight. I don't believe we're here by accident. I don't believe we're watching online by coincidence. I know, God, that you have this word for some specific people in this house and watching online. Some of you here, you have, a, you have severed relationship with family that you need restoration. It's literally severed, and you need restoration. If that's you, heads are bowed, eyes closed, I want to see your hand. Okay? Okay? Yes, ma'am. See this? Some of you have broken friendships. You have broken relationships. You're still hurting. You can't move on from it. Let me see your hand if that's you. Some of you here haven't been the parent that you should have been. God wants to give you a fresh start. Some of my men that are here haven't been the husbands that you should have been. Some ladies here maybe haven't been the wife that you should have been. 
Someone here needs peace. You're in a situation you don't know what to do. Let me see your hand if that's you. You're you're in a situation you don't know what to do. Okay? Someone here is fighting a spirit of depression. I want to tell you something. We're taking control of that right now in the name of Jesus. I bind that depression away from you in Jesus' name. Father, you've seen every hand that has been raised right now. Father, I pray that you speak to every person here. You help them, Lord God, understand the power of the word that was just spoken, the passage of Scripture that was just preached from, Lord. And Lord, just like David has some major mistakes, you still blessed his life. You still used him in a mighty way. Lord, we are all here tonight broken people that have made mistakes. But thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you're using us. And Lord, we put the enemy on notice. He can no longer torment us with our mistakes. Because we know, Lord, by your word, that your grace is sufficient over every situation, over everything that's ever happened to us, Your grace is sufficient. So Lord, we stand on that word. We come into agreement as the body of Christ to know who we are in you. Lord, because we're we're family, I thank you that we're able to stand. I thank you that we're able to move on. I thank you that we're able to pursue and recover all. And we give you praise for all of this in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen.